Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is, uh, did a couple episodes with Steve Taft along with Rich Klein. We did it by phone, not on Zoom, so the audio is not great. Uh, but Steve is the expert on Star Company, and uh, I've worked with him for decades now uh, with uh, getting, gathering and understanding uh, his deeper expertise. I'm, I'm uh, a generalist in some sense. I have a little bit of knowledge about everything, I think, in doing the price guides, but uh, really knew who to call on for the uh, greater expertise of which he certainly was for anything obscure that was basketball, and we picked up sample sets from him. Anyway, thanks sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So uh, this is overdue. I should have had Steve on long ago, but uh, good good uh, save uh, save uh, this excellent content. And thanks, Rich, for uh, suggesting it. I, I just, I, I'm up to 900 episodes now, and I haven't done some of these key people in the industry. So I'm, uh, you know, if you've got other suggestions of people that I've missed, uh, pass it along to drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. But I've got my little list and I'm working through it. Uh, and I, I do want to get to everybody that I think, I, I don't know that I can be exhaustive, but I'm really trying to interview and have fun with uh, some of the people that have been uh, so important to our industry, including Steve Taft. So thanks, Steve, and I hope to see you at the National. And this is, uh, there were two parts to the interview, and uh, here it is. You mentioned real college sets. What do you mean by that? Where do you draw the line on some of these sets that you think are not so real or not so collectible? I see people advertise draft pick sets and the later issued all-time great as a college set. To me, it's a draft pick set, whereas I look for, was it issued by the school or for the school with a corporate advertisement? The Georgetown sets and some of the Georgia Tech sets yeah. were sponsored by Coca-Cola and one of the local police departments. And yeah. Depending on which college, some of those Nebraska multi-sport sets were by a local bank in affiliation with the Lincoln Police Department there. That's what I consider a real college set as opposed to an all-time great set done 10, 20 years after all the players in the set are long gone from college. You're saying it's either done for collectors or it's done for fans of the school, the alums. Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. But yeah, ultimately, set of cards that's right in conjunction with the school, with the current year players. And there was, up until, I think it was summer of 94, is when the NCAA had the cutoff date, where the school could not produce a set of college trading cards and sell them at their bookstore and at the souvenir stands at games. At that point, the only way they could be issued was if it was a a corporate sponsor giveaway. Some of these college cards are worth a decent amount of money today. I was stunned by seeing what the price of, and then granted it's graded, so it's in a nice holder, the 73-74 North Carolina State David Thompson card, which by several years predates his Cops rookie card. Yes, North Carolina State, and there's a North Carolina set from 73-4 also 
that has the first Dean Smith and the first Bob McAdoo. I'm trying to remember, maybe if that's be the first Mitch Kupchak. A couple other cards in there are first cards, but the two big ones are Dean Smith and Bob McAdoo. And Steve, then the David, David Thompson and the NC State set. Are those the schedule back cards? No, these are the playing cards. So you don't run into a sealed deck of those anymore where you can pull out a mint or gem mint example. Most of the people played cards with the cards. And so they tend to be pretty well handled. But those are a couple of the tougher sets. The the Duke sets from 87-8 and 88-9. There's the Krzyzewski rookie in the 87 set, which is tough set, but the 88-9 set with the Leitner rookie, that's a really tough set for me to find. And I've only had, I don't know, four or five of them in all these years. When Rich and I were going to the National and buying stuff for cards and bought from you, obviously, because you were a fabulous source of knowledge and the card. But many of those college sets you're talking about, you couldn't really buy a type card. You had to just buy the set. Yeah. Which in hindsight, was terrific. Yeah. Now, thanks to somebody named Dr. Beckett, who started a website with a marketplace on it, I actually sell a lot of those college sets in singles now. Every once in a while, I'll get an order from the actual player or somebody that might send me a note saying that's my cousin. Always fun to see when somebody's buying their own cards. I agree. There's one year I bought something from you at the National. I don't remember what the item was. And and I just knew by looking at it, okay, the price point sounds good. I'm just going to buy it. He gave me a price point. I think it was $35. I think he'd pay $25. I go, fine. I had you $35. The next day you go to me. Do you still have that item? I want it back. And I said, Steve, it's in my hotel room. I already, I took it out overnight. I don't remember what the item was, to be honest, but it was something, you had a really good eye for things, too. Are you like, were you like us, and that you knew something was good if you hadn't seen it before, or you hardly ever saw it? Back in the old days, yes. Not so much now, because I, I haven't bought a new issue from a major manufacturer in 20 years. I'm dealing with vintage cards, and Every once in a while, I might pick up an oddball modern card, but I prefer to stay back 20-plus years in my zone of knowledge. And when it comes to what I call the new shiny cards, I just I don't know anything about them. There's 20 parallels to somebody's rookie card. It's just too much for me to try to soak up. Back in the day, I bought collections, but I don't remember taking things on consignment. It sounds like you're primarily consignment which means a lot of record-keeping if you have more than one consignment that you're helping yes. to Yes, and it's a pain in the rear end at times, too, to keep up with it. I've got to have separate boxes for everybody's stuff with their name on it, and I have a rule where when I have an eBay sale, if it's a consignment, I've got my notepad right there, and I've got a page for six or seven or eight, or 10 different consigners, and it's make sure you log it in immediately. Don't say to yourself, you'll get it later. And so far, knock on wood, I've been able to keep track of everything. And I don't have tons of consigners. I just have a few at a time, generally, because I'm a one-man operation, as I think you guys probably know. As we are, too, I think, at this point. But are you loving what you're doing? Because you're dealing with some fabulous stuff. You've got recurring customers and knowledgeable customers and consigners. But are you really having a blast, or are you slowing yeah. down? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm slowing down because I'm a little older now. You have the aches and pains that you didn't have 30, 40 years ago. I had an opportunity to go into the corporate world after college, but at that time I wanted to be a golf pro. On the side, I was doing cards, but my um, wrist injury kind of ended any thoughts of being a golf pro. I'm not talking about being out on the big tour, but a, a club professional type of job. I did that for a little while, but ultimately I got tired of working for other people and sports collectibles allowed me to to work the hours I wanted to work. I got to ask this because my star company customers and the star company community of collectors this is probably the one thing they would want to ask you at this point that goes back to probably the most controversial decision you had to make for things related to my interest and that was the xrc designation for star company rookie cards looking back at that do you still think that was the right way to go or would you maybe do that differently right now if you compare it to 83 tops traded extended barrel straw to the 84 flare update the next year there were other kind of box or cards that were issued as a set that came out that the hobby was not ready to accept as a full rookie card if it didn't come out in a randomized pack so XRC, I think, didn't start out with the Jordan. It started out with baseball. And then the application to basketball, trying to be fair to both sides, to acknowledge that the Jordan was nationally distributed, not in packs. But so XRC was, was a hedge. And I don't regret it. To ignore its existence or to say that it is the rookie card and that the map produced in a pack card that came out two years later, I will say this, when there is an XRC, it ought to take some of the luster off the RC. And I think we're in the process of seeing that happen now. In the last year, PSA trading Jordan star cards, there's going to be an ebb and flow in the price of those two respective cards. Just like with every other baseball and other example where there's XRC, USFL, same thing. To me, if an XRC is in front of the RC in terms of when it came out, maybe the XRC should be worth more. Well, people are saying that right now, without a fact, because at, to that point, all these examples I'm coming up with were always graded. The Jordan Star Company ostensibly rookie card was being not graded by PSA for the longest time, delegitimized it somewhat. And now that it's being graded, I think you're going to see more visibility of it. The interest in it has certainly picked up in recent months. When it picked up a lot, was it 14 years ago, when I went to Dallas and met with Mark Anderson and we did the training session. By the way, I heard your tribute this morning to Mark, which I thought was a very nice conversation you guys had. He did a lot for this hobby, mostly behind the scenes where only the... The people in the business really knew him, and a lot of collectors didn't. But I put a little note of his passing on my Facebook page, and I got probably more hits on that in 24 hours than probably 99% of the posts I put on Facebook. Hopefully, a lot of people will learn a little something about him and his importance to the hobby. Mark's contributions are probably not well understood by people that didn't see him in action. 
rarely talked with Mark over the years. A fair amount for a couple of months when we were doing the Star Company stuff and working through some of those issues. But when I was there and he told me about myasthenia gravis, that hit home with me because my cousin was literally the poster girl for that disease. Back when she had it, you didn't survive it. Do you ever wake up in the morning thinking it might be fun to run Beckett Media again? Are you completely comfortable and secure in in being done with it? Number one, I look forward to waking up in the morning. (laughs) October 6th of 1996, when I was running the company, I barely woke up one morning, and I'm miraculously revived from a heart attack that morning. So every morning I wake up, it's a good morning. And frankly, nothing against Beckett Media, but they've paid for the right to run it the way they want to run it. Guys, I'm pretty old school. I want to be helpful to them, but they're going to do it the way they're going to do it. I think I sleep better these days because I'm not getting a paycheck or signing any paychecks. I'm just enjoying the hobby. I've had a fabulous ride, but that ride was completed successfully. I don't think they're going to pull me to that other than pro bono consultant where I give them some free advice. I stumbled upon your podcast and I didn't even know you were doing them and I started listening to them and I can tell you have fun doing them. Yeah. And uh, that's the key. So if you're having fun. With with fun people and good topics. I had so many years when the company just got going so crazy that they had to do what I had to do. So I I didn't really have any control of my own schedule. So I mean, a great teammate. Rich was a big help with yep. this. But still, we had an awful lot of irons in the fire. The man-